HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Blueprint, the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. For more information, visit Blueprint.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Radio Network, and a happy Monday to everyone, um, a muggy, gross, kind of rainy Monday. But um, I'm your host, Kathy Arway, and we're here at uh, Roberta's Pizza at the Home of Heritage, and it's actually a holiday week, so we get interrupted midweek by 4th of July, the most patriotic day of the year. Um, and I don't know about you guys out there, but I recall trying my first guacamole on a 4th of July barbecue. And I couldn't really figure out why I liked it so much when I was little. It was like, you know, it didn't have that much flavor. It didn't seem to, you know, have a very nice appearance or color, but it was just so addictive. Um, but luckily today we have an avocado expert here who can maybe share some, shine some more insight on why that is. Um, we've got Gabby Dalkin. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So, Gabby, you just published a cookbook all about avocados called Absolutely Avocados. Yeah, it is all avocados all the time over here in Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that sounds very appropriate. So, I mean, and you're an incredibly well-known blogger. You've got this blog called What's Gabby Cooking? It's just like tremendous readership, um, and it's about all sorts of foods, you know, fresh, healthy, exciting foods, uh, and this is your first cookbook. So why did you choose to make it all about avocados? Sure, yeah. I mean, I think in the food blogging world, I'm kind of known as the girl obsessed with avocados. I think <laughs> I grew up in the Southwest, and I moved over to California, so I'm lucky to live somewhere where I can really have access to avocados year-round. 
Um, and mm-hmm. I've just, you know, over the years been that girl who's like always making guacamole and always putting avocado on something. And um, when I was approached to write a cookbook a few years ago, my agent asked me what I wanted to write about, and I was totally kidding. And I was like, I want to write about avocados, and not thinking anybody would take me really seriously. And then she sold it, and I had to go write a book about avocados, and it was amazing, and it was very exciting, but I didn't know. I actually didn't know there was, you know, a market for something like that, but it turns yeah. out that so many people are obsessed with avocados. It's kind of amazing. Well, congrats. That's that's a very cool accomplishment. Um, but Thank what do you, you think? Why do you think of avocados, like, allured your taste buds from such an early age on? Much. Well, I think, I mean, avocados are such a great food for babies to eat, so I know a lot of parents oh. these days are introducing oh. avocado really early on. Um, I was a private chef for a number of years, and I would cut up avocado for, like, you know, one-year-olds, and they would just gobble it up. So I think I think the texture of avocado has a lot to do with it when you're little. It's really smooth, and you can kind of just chew on it without, you know, having to do much yeah. work. That's totally um, true. And, you know, as we get older, there's so many things you can do with avocado. You can add spice to it. You can put it on top of protein. You can grill it. You know, there's so many mm-hmm. different flavor profiles that you can put into an you avocado. Know, it, there's, it's just you never get bored. You know, you're right. It does have just a completely unique, um, you know, some might think even bizarre appearance and texture in its own, um, and, and you know, what exactly is it classified as? Because it's it's totally you know this rich, fatty, buttery vegetable. Is it a fruit or maybe is yeah, it like a avocados nut? are like a fruit? Um, they're okay. actually they're nicknamed an alligator pear because they have a similar shape as a pear, but their skin is rough like an alligator's, um, like an alligator yeah. skin. So that's their their nickname. But they are a fruit, which is interesting because a lot of people don't think of. You know, when you're eating a bowl of chips and guacamole, you're, you you think you're eating a vegetable, but really it's a fruit. <laughs> right. I don't know. For some reason, they always struck me as sort of like a, in the tree nut family. I don't know why I'm get, like getting that reference in my head. Um, actually, well, you can press avocados like you would another nut. Like you can make cashew oil and other oils like that. Yeah, and you can turn avocado into an oil. So maybe, maybe there's something to do with it. You know what else might have to do with it? Um, uh, we've got a, you know, we we did a little bit of research here at Heritage into avocados, and we found out the Aztec word for it originally was aguacatl, and this was called, this was their word for, um, translated to the testicle tree. So the resemblance <laughs> yes. of the fruit was um, true. I've little... heard this many a times. <laughs> uh, we, we've actually got one of our Heritage Radio Network uh, show uh, interns, Eddie, in the station right now. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Hi, so, Eddie. So, all right. So Eddie has like been, you know, trying to catch up with you in avocado expertise here, Gabby. Um, <laughs> One thing that we did find out is that, you know, more so than just the testicle tree to the Aztecs and I think the Mayans also, um, avocados were sort of known to bring fertility. It was known as like a, a feminine, you know, kind of symbol. Um, yeah, in see. fact, it, you know, thousands of years ago, the Mayans and Aztecs, the uh, the nubile princesses would eat them as part of a fertility ritual to enhance their <laughs> sexual desirability. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, then everyone who's eating avocados is in for a treat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a friend uh, who's in the NYU Food Studies program with me who's from a small town in Mexico called Avocado. And it's actually like the devil's what? testicle. Yes. So there's actually a town in Mexico called Avocado, and they have, you know, avocado centric festivals on a regular basis. Aww. I think that we need a field really trip. Fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it sounds like a field trip, called- Gabby. Because I thought it was called Aguacate yes. in, in Spanish. Okay, yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. what it's that's, called. That, yes, that's the name of the town. All right, I have to look it up. And Eddie, you also found out some interesting, you know, uh, you know, literary references here that had to do with uh, the sexual, you know, potency of avocados. Um, there's an avocado-shaped chair that you found designed for the female body. Yeah, there's... Um, there's sounds actually really comfy. <laughs> yeah, it looked really comfy um, for both men and women. But there was a lot of uh, female form. Um, and I kept thinking about, you know, like Venus de Milo. Um, there's like a similar mm. shape. Um, I actually found uh, a novel from the 1950s published by yeah. Elaine Dundee called The Dud Avocado. Um, and it has some interesting sort of insight into it. There's a quote... Um, you know, he, he per, kind of compares it to the to the typical American girl, a hard center with a tender meat all wrapped up in a shiny casing. Oh. Yeah, so green, so eternally green. And this was actually a bestseller in the in the late 50s and 60s, which is, I think, a turning point in avocado's popularity because I also am holding a cookbook from the 60s um, called the Avocado Cookbook, and it was talking about how these exotic and wonderful fruits were so delicious and so versatile, um, and it actually has over 600 recipes. Um, it's fascinating, but a lot of the recipes are kind of not something, they're kind of dated, you know what I mean? They're like kind of like usually the, the seed of the avocado is picked out and it's stuffed with like salad of, or like crab meat and mayonnaise and stuff like, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, they're very 50s and 60s style. Are there any photography in it? There is, and it's hilariously 50s and 60s style. (laughs) I would love to see the food styling. (laughs) You should. Um, It's kind of gross sometimes, but um, the technicolor is a little off-putting. But, yeah, it's really interesting. And you know what? It also seems like maybe this was like a, a, you know, a 50s or 60s housewife um, tea snack or something like that. But in the bell jar, Sylvia Plath's uh, semi-autobiographical biographical novel, there is a reference to an interesting avocado snack that is scooped out of the seed and then stuffed with a sort of crab meat salad. And mm. uh, her quote from the bell jar, which is on page 48, Says, I saw avocado pear after avocado pear being stuffed with crab meat and mayonnaise and photographed under brilliant lights. I saw the delicate pink mottled claw meat poking seductively through its blanket of mayonnaise and the bland yellow cup with its rim of alligator green cradling the whole mess. <laughs> From the bell jar. That, that was a harrowing book, by the way. That's taking me back. <laughs> Memories. <laughs> I've actually seen the crab stuffed avocados inspired by the bell jar across the blog world before. It's really funny uh-huh. that you guys bring that up. <laughs> Do you have a recipe kind of like that? They look because really delicious. Sorry, go ahead. Do you have a recipe kind of like that in your cookbook? 
that has a stuffed. Um, I have. I don't have a crab stuffed avocado recipe in my book. I have one going mm. up on my blog in a few weeks for kind of Ooh. midsummer um, festivities. But there is there is um, a pico. There's a grilled avocado in my book that you then stuff with um, a pico de gallo salsa. That's really good. Probably very similar to one she's talking about in the book, minus the crab. But if you wanted to toss. Um, some crab oh. in there and then stuff it into the avocado, it would be equally as delicious. That sounds delightful and definitely something you can do uh, for 4th of July when the grill is hot and yeah. avocados are hopefully present. <laughs> so, yeah, right? You can have 4th of July without avocados. Another fun thing <laughs> that I'm going to do this year for 4th of July, um, I'm going to grill some avocados and then take the avocado out and make it into grilled guacamole. It's super good. Ooh, Oh. It's going to be fun. Well, do you think that'll... Okay, I, I'll just wait and see what happens by the photos on what, what's Gabby cooking. Well, is that where I can mm-hmm. find them? For for the grilled guacamole? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that recipe's already on the blog, so that's definitely available, okay. but I'm just going to re-shoot everything this 4th of July. Awesome, because, you know, I'm always afraid to cook or heat avocados. I don't know why. I think it's going to turn, I have this fear that it's going to turn black and, like, brown uh, Well, and you just grilled avocados. You basically just brush them with a little olive oil, and you put them on your grill for not very long, like maybe two minutes, and then you rotate at 90 degrees and give two minutes more so you get those really gorgeous mm-hmm. grill marks if you're going to display them, you know, in a salad or something like that, and you just get a little bit of that smoky char flavor that you want from the grill. Um, but if you do heat them for too long on the grill, they will get super brown, I mean super black, and they'll take, taste a little ashy, which you don't want. So you just have to keep an eye on them. Do you, I can't imagine. Can, is, there a, is there like an avocado that you prefer for grilling or like, you know, what variety is sort of like your favorite avocado? Sure. Well, the Haas avocado is definitely the most widely available. Um, you can find it in markets all over the country, especially that's, here in That's California. the alligator skin one, right? The, yeah, they all kind of have alligator skin. That's a general oh. a general term. But, yes, the Haas avocado has that really bumpy green skin, and as it ripens, it kind of turns into a darker green and even almost a purple color. Um, mm-hmm. But I, this year, I just was at the farmer's market yesterday, and I picked up these really beautiful bacon avocados, which, contrary to popular belief, they don't actually taste like bacon. It would <laughs> be awesome if they don't. Um, they're just called the bacon avocado, and they're really big, and they're gorgeous, and I like to grill those. Wow. That puts a whole new meaning to the term, the bacon avocado BLT. So, right? I know. That's like double bacon. All right. We're going to cut over to a quick little commercial and musical interlude. And uh, let's talk more avocados when we get right back. You're listening to Crying Blues by the California Honey Drops on the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Thank you. 
Blueprint is the original juice cleanse program to offer different levels of intensity depending on your needs and current diet. Designed to purify and detoxify, Blueprint Cleanse is made from the freshest 100% raw and USDA certified organic ingredients, cold pressed to retain nutrients and flavor. Blueprint also offers a line of organic juices, cold-pressed and raw, in a variety of fruit and vegetable combinations, and available in individual bottles. Blueprint Cleanse is available at Whole Foods Market and many other retailers across the U.S. To learn more about their line of organic cleanses, juices, and other products, visit them today at Blueprint.com or call them at 866-774-6831. That's 866-774-6831. Work hard, play hard, cleanse, repeat. All right, we're back chatting with Gabby Dalkin, author of Absolutely Avocados, and also Heritage Radio's own Eddie Schumer, who's also studying food studies at NYU. Um, so, you know, talking a little bit about more pastimes involving avocados, um, not just for eating, but did you guys grow up um, when in in, like, elementary school, you tried to do this experiment where you stuck an avocado pit over, you know, a cup of water that was sort of suspended into it with toothpicks and tried to make that avocado seed grow into a tree? No, I totally missed out on childhood. Really? <laughs> I've definitely tried that trick um, to no avail several times. Yeah. Well, you know, I see that I um, actually looked it up. You know, it's still going strong, it seems. Um, I saw a post about it on apartment therapy. And, um, you know, it's a fun little way to learn about how a seed has, you know, growing energy still in it. Um, I'm not sure how much they grow after that initial sort of root sort of start to sprout from the seed. But, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. And, and, you know, it made me wonder because, you know, here in New York City, we don't really have local avocados. It's just not possible with the climate. But right. um, over in Gabby's end of the country, sunny Southern California, um, mm. avocados are pretty yeah, much everywhere. Sunny today is gloomy, just like you guys. Okay. Well. Okay. Good. We're having <laughs> good for weather on, on the opposite coast. <laughs> but go nice. ahead. Sorry. Um, do you know any folks who casually grow backyard avocados? If you yourself. I do. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's my dream in life to move into a house that has an avocado tree. Growing avocados is hard work. It is tough. Those trees take a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of work. They, you know, need constant love and affection and tender, loving care. Um, But I have a friend actually down in San Diego. They have an avocado farm, um, and they grow some of the most amazing avocados, and they actually ship them all over the country. They'll pick them. The cool thing about avocados is they don't ripen until you pick them, so you could leave them on the tree, you know, for months, and then pick them, and they'll ripen, you know, within the week. Um, Okay. They ship avocados all around the country to other people who aren't as, you know, lucky to have avocado groves in their backyard, which is really fun for people that are, you know, in the middle of the country, in New York, and things like that. But um, I also have the women... This is weird. The woman who waxed with my eyebrows <laughs> um, has two avocado trees in her backyard. There's a Fuerte and um, a Haas. And Ooh. they, you know, she just gives avocados away by the bucket load because it gives off so much fruit every year. Really? Yeah, wow. it's pretty amazing. I keep telling her I want to move into her house and be her, like, adopted daughter. But 
she hasn't really put the offer on the table yet. <laughs> so all that hard work really pays off because, you know, an avocado is pretty darn expensive, and now it sounds sounds like, you know, all this care and intensive, um, you know, handling of the trees, and, you know, it takes a while to perfect. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I think, you know, when you plant an avocado tree and you get it going, I think it takes about three years for it to start getting big enough to put out fruit. Um, mm-hmm. And it is a lot of work to maintain it, but it's the results are so worth it. I mean, could you imagine just walking outside and picking a few avocados and being able to whip up whatever you wanted, you know, some fresh guacamole or salsa, throwing them into a smoothie for breakfast. You know, there's so many, so many yeah. things you could do if you just threw one in your backyard. Yeah, maybe we'll just have to yeah. turn our apartments into, like, you know, temperate climate zones, Kathy, so we can yeah. grow an avocado tree in, like, the closet. Let me know if you know, figure that's it out because I'll do the same for my apartment here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people over in, you know, New York are doing all sorts of experiments with um, citrus and also figs have taken on really well mm-hmm. in um, Brooklyn. My friends have great figs uh, in their fig tree. You know, these were once considered uh, pretty California, um, you know, restricted <laughs> crops. But um, I see people doing that casually now. I wonder if uh, people will take up avocados. Or just try and see if it's possible. I say we do I it. don't know. But they, I, I yeah. hope more people do because then more people would be cooking with avocados and that would be great. You know what's interesting? I, I noticed um, actually in an L.A. Times article just last month, uh, a major pioneer in avocados popularity basically in the last few decades passed away. Um, his name is Gil Henry, and what he did in the 80s to revolutionize the industry was create what is known as a ripening room so that those avocados, once picked from the tree, could, you know, stop for a while. It was temper- temperature controlled and then ripen before they're sent to the market instead of being hard as rocks when they're in the market and nobody wants to buy them. Um, so, and that has actually, the ripening room has become an industry standard, so it's really changed everyone's, um, or in, encouraged more people to buy avocados because they don't look, they look ready to eat, basically. Yeah. Cool. The only thing I try and look out for when I'm buying avocados in the market, I don't like to buy them ready to eat that day because sometimes, I, we just need to educate more people about this, but people will go up to avocados in the market and they'll, like, grab one and squeeze it and be like, oh, it's ripe, <laughs> but then, you know, you end up bruising the fruit while you're doing that. So yeah. I like to buy them that are just a teeny bit harder. Maybe they're going to take about 24 hours to ripen completely, just so when you mm. get it home, it's still that gorgeous green fruit on the inside and there are no bruises from people kind of, you know, manhandling yeah. them in the market. Gosh, you're so right. You know, maybe this he revolutionized the industry for impatient shoppers. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, there's something to be said about going to the store and buying avocados so you can make something that night. Mm-hmm. But I just, I mean, I also oh, have a weird fine. addiction to avocados, and I keep them on stock at all times at different levels of ripeness. So I will never go without them if I want them. But, you know, you just want to be careful when you're buying one. You don't want to buy one that's too mushy or squishy because... That means it's usually, you know, bruised. Yeah, I hate that. Um, actually, so old wives' tale or legit? Um, keeping the pit inside the avocado flesh, even a bowl of guacamole, to make it stay fresher longer? 
that true? Um, so if you make some guacamole and put the pit in it, that's an old wives' tale. It doesn't really help okay. um, keep it green. But what does help keep it green is adding some citrus juice. So, for example, if you're just going to cut up an yeah. avocado and eat half of it, eat the half that doesn't have the pit in it, leave the pit in the other yeah. half because it's taking up some of that surface area and not exposing it to the air, and then just put oh, some lemon area. juice lemon juice or lime juice around the exposed parts, and then you can wrap it up and put it in the fridge. Um, but the, the way to keep guacamole and stuff, which is perfect for 4th of July, because you'll probably make it and leave it out for a while while people mm-hmm. are picking at it, but I just put um, citrus juice and everything, so fresh lemon juice, fresh lime juice. Sometimes if I'm feeling extra jazzy, I'll put a little bit of both um, in it, and that's what keeps the avocado from oxidizing and turning brown. Got it. Yeah, and it tastes better with it anyway. Because as oh, we all know, sure. I'll I think I'm still going to keep the pits in my guacamole. I like wives' tales. <laughs> <laughs> I've I always know, done that, and I'm like, I don't care if it really theory. works or not. Uh, it's fun. You know. It gives you something to talk about. It's a conversation starter. Right. <laughs> it doesn't hurt anyone until you scoop up the pit. <laughs> no, that's not really going to happen. <laughs> that's probably why I don't keep it in there. It gets in the way of my guacamole scooping, and it. I don't like yeah. the it it, it it slows me down. <laughs> because you know every bowl of guacamole gets scraped down to like the last like finger swabs of like guacamole. Oh yeah. People get in there with their fingers for sure. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just it's just an addictive food, what can I say? Um yeah, and you have so many ways to spice it up, it's really you can never get bored. So I'm so excited about your cookbook because I'm definitely going to break it out. And, you know, it, it, it proves that avocados are so useful in so many ways that aren't just appetizers. You know, it's um, the main course. It's a dessert. Um, what was the craziest, weirdest recipe from your book or application mm. for avocado, you think? Maybe the craziest, weirdest is probably the avocado coconut ice cream. Um mm. One of, which is delicious and it like totally transports you to a tropical island and you think you're like, <laughs> you should be drinking Mai Tais and eating ice cream. But um, with another one that's really good, that's fun, is the avocado chocolate chip cookies because you can use avocado Whoa. as a substitute for butter um, and Whoa. you're really cutting back on those bad fats that you can get from butter and replacing them with good fats from avocado. So wow. that's a, that that's was amazing. an interesting one. Yeah, baking with avocados instead of butter. Well, wow, that is amazing. And also, if you're a vegan or something or lactose intolerant, um, that sounds like a great little. Wow. Yeah, I've even seen it used in um, puddings before as a uh, as sort of like a thickening agent, folded in with like chocolate. Yeah, totally do it in pudding. And if you do it in a chocolate pudding, you know you don't even you don't even have to tell people there's avocado in it. They'll never know because you won't be able to see it. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't really have that overpowering taste, which is why no, I can understand. I love why I love it so much, but <laughs> it's it's just, I don't know, the richness or something like that. And um, I think that, you know, with Gabby's help and especially, you know, with Eddie's help and both of you, I think we proved that avocados are a rich topic in more ways than one, if I may be so cheesy. Uh, but uh, that's about all the time we have for today. But um, definitely check out whatscabbycooking.com. That's her blog, and you can find out more about Absolutely Avocados in your book there. So thanks so much, Gabby, for being with us. 
Thank you. Have a great 4th of July. All right, and thanks, Eddie, and thanks, everyone at Heritage Radio Network. Have a great 4th of July, too. I like the way you do. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.